Today's episode of Let's Grow Together, I talk with Jen Casey, brain expert. And I love this opportunity to have her on the show because I did, I saw her at an event and we talk about it a little bit. So it's so cool to have somebody that you saw, you speak, and you're like, wow, this person's amazing. And now they're on the show. And she drops so much value in this. I mean, we go into so many different areas of, you know, her background in psychology and, and how the brain works and utilizing visualizations and, you know, playing to your strengths and personality types and masterminding and surround yourself. I mean, there's just so much value packed in this episode that I know you're going to enjoy. So let's just dive right into it. But first the intro. Welcome to Let's Grow Together. My name is Nick Bonatotibus, motivational speaker and digital marketing strategist. And this podcast is all about helping you grow both in life and business. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Let's Grow Together. I am super excited. To be honest, I have been looking forward to this call all week. Um, you know, as soon as it was booked on the calendar, I was like, yes, I cannot believe it. This is happening. Uh, this particular individual I got to see speak in 2019. So you can imagine that when you're in the audience and you're seeing someone speak and now, now they're on your podcast, it's pretty epic. So I'm really excited really happy to welcome Jen Casey. Thanks for being here. Oh my gosh. Thank you for that amazing intro. <laughs> I'm so grateful to be here. Awesome. Love it. Real quick, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and who you serve. Yeah. So I call myself a brain-based business coach because I love diving into not just the strategy, but also the inner workings and beliefs behind what allows us to be successful. And I specifically help online coaches, service-based entrepreneurs, um, agency owners who want to develop a strong coaching skill set that can be used with as a coach or within your team and really help them build world-class businesses. So that is a little bit about what I do. Love it. Brain-based. And we're going to dive into that um, for sure. So how did you get started in this, in this world? How did you get started in this industry? So I was, it was 2011 and I was a theater performer at the time, just graduating from college with a degree in psychology. And I needed income. And so I started in a network marketing business. Like so many people that I coach started with Beachbody. And um, yeah, that was, that was my introduction to running an online business. And at that time, I remember thinking I was going to post my link on Facebook. Everybody was going to buy and it was just going to be this overnight success. <laughs> And as you might imagine, it didn't, didn't exactly go that way. And I remember one of my first attempts at growing my business because you guys have to realize that this is 10 years ago. So the online space and social media looked completely different. The idea of me posting a before and after picture was just, oh my God, did you see? She put a picture of herself in a bikini on Facebook. Like how dare she? Such a different world. Oh and, my gosh. Yeah. Such a different world. And I remember I, I was like, okay, I don't really know anything about social media. There was no real programs or courses or anything to guide at that time. There was a couple of YouTube videos. I watched them all. And I decided that I was going to hang flyers around my college campus. So I grabbed some clip art on Microsoft Word, 
somehow managed to get the font at the bottom to like line up. So it had like my name, my email, my phone number. I printed out dozens of flyers. I sat there at night and I was so proud of myself as I cut those little lines in the bottom tabbies that people could rip off so that they could contact me. Cause we didn't even really have like, I don't even remember if we had, uh, we could take pictures on our phones at that time, or that wasn't even like the instinct to do that. That is so amazing. Literally grassroots marketing for an <laughs> online business. <laughs> don't recommend that strategy guys. I mean, maybe it'll come back around, but I remember that following Monday, I went to go and admire my work. Like so silly to say, but I was like, I'm going to go look and see how many people ripped off a little tab. And all the flyers were gone because it was in violation of some like bulletin board policy for the school. Like you had to get permission. I was devastated. <laughs> it's like my dreams are over. But yeah, that was literally day one, day one of entrepreneurship. First, first actual fail. Wow. Amazing. That is too funny. That's such an interesting, I mean, it's a great strategy. Again, it's like, you gotta, you know, try and fail where you're like, oh my gosh, like I'm, I'm so done. Obviously not. Cause you were like, all right, well this didn't work. What's What's next? <laughs> Guess I'm going to have to try something else. And at the time, a lot of the ladies were using Facebook. So I was like, this is going to be interesting because most people probably wouldn't, if they followed me for any length of time, you might be surprised to hear this. But in 2010 and earlier, I was like that annoying, like, you know, that annoying person on Facebook that uses the status, used to use the status updates as like, dear diary, today sucks. <laughs> Dear diary, I'm so tired. I can't believe I'm gonna have to have a Red Bull and coffee and, and pizza again. I was such, such a miserable person through college. I was just running on fumes, like 21 credits, working full-time, trying to perform, just trying, I was just ooh, commuting 10 hours a week. It was, it was not easy during those, those years, but I finally was just like, oh my God. I remember sitting at my college campus uh, in 2010. And I used to write in the notes section of my phone, my iPhone. And I remember one day and I wasn't spiritual. I wasn't into personal development at the time. And I just channeled, I wrote feed your soul. And I thought, Whoa, that's weird. Where did that come from? And that became my mantra for like the next year. And I was like, okay, I got to feed my soul, whatever the heck that means. So I ended up going to like pursue a career as a performer and, and went to like a post-grad for that. And like, just literally changed everything, started the business, was just like, I'm not going to operate from this like victim mentality anymore. And it was just like such a massive 180, but to go then onto Facebook and be like, Hey everybody, I'm going to inspire you. Look at my fitness journey. I'm super positive now. Like I wasn't just starting from no audience. I was starting with people who did not trust me because I did not have a very good track record of being a, a person of influence. Oh my gosh. That's amazing though. Cause again, to be able to shift the mindset, if you think about how many people are still like complaining on Facebook and that's all they, all they do. And, you know, just that ability to reframe. And I love the feed your soul. Um, is that something like that you put everywhere now? Do you like still think about that quote today? I, I honestly do. Yeah. It definitely still comes up. Um, that, that was like my first one. And in recent years, ones that kind of came through that I lean on a lot now is like, it's already done. You're already there. Like anytime I have a, a new goal or vision, it's just that reminder of like, there's nothing that you need to do to become the person that you want to become. Like, what if you were just, you were already there. Like I think in personal development world, it's like, oh, I got to read this one more book. Or I got to like fix this habit. I got to, and I'm like, no, I'm already there. It's already done. And just be that now. <laughs> Love it. Yes. How, like, that's such a cool quote. It's already done. You're already there. You know, we get so caught up in our day-to-day -day of, of like, 
looking. Now, how does you being there already affect how you are performing in your day-to-day within your habits? Hmm. Well, I think it's like, what is there? And um, one question that I started asking myself last year that really helped me to clarify a, a more tangible end result for that was like, okay, how would the $10 million version of me show up for this? moment for this launch for this team member. And that really allowed me to completely shift the way that I was making decisions and allowed me to get a completely different vantage point about what the actual process of scaling my business was going to look like, because you're already like at that top of the mountain looking down and at 10 million, like a $10 million launch, $10 million a year. Like that was so far outside the scope. Like you could be like, okay, what about like 2 million or 5 million? I was like, no, no, no. Like we got to go bigger. We got to like 10 million feels like I have no idea. So great. That's where I should be. <laughs> so that was, that was one question that really helped me this past year in, in shifting my decision-making and my habits. I love it. The idea of just like thinking on that massive, that scale, a larger, you know, something that seems bigger. Mm-hmm. Do you, have you done that with like, all your goals, like, do you feel it's important to have that like massive, big, audacious goal that they talk about? Sometimes it can be, uh, and, and audacious, like that. I, I, I'm such a words person. So I'm like, what does that even mean? Like, why do we even consider something as audacious? And I, not to dismiss, like, I totally have those goals where, you know, 2014, I was in my bedroom, visualizing myself, standing on stage, taking a bow, seeing people smile and look at me. And then when I stepped out on the BBD stage last year, it was, it was as if I had been there a million times before, cause I had gone there so many times in my mind. And so it was like, it was already done. I had already created it. And the brain doesn't really understand the difference between real versus imagined. And you can even Google like brain scans and see that the same or similar areas light up. And so I was that, especially in like 2014, I got really into, that was when I really went all in with my online business and started becoming really diligent about writing out my goals every week and, uh, visualizing. And I was really into manifestation. And so I was very, very habitual about waking up and imagining these visualizations and moving through them. Like I'd be standing there taking a bow with my eyes closed in my room and I'd be sobbing, crying because I just could feel every single person in that audience. And I was getting a standing ovation. And I remember after I spoke at BBD, one of the feedback was like, oh, you were really confident. And I was like, no, 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 that was not confidence. Like that was certainty. That was like it, it, cause I had been there so many times in my mind, but I had never felt that. And I've been on dozens of stages in my life as a theater performer. And I've never felt like that in my entire life. And it was because that specifically I had primed so much that it's just like, I knew the end results. I knew the standing ovation was coming. And so I could, was able to let go of the how and just trust. That's amazing. That is yeah. so cool. That visualization. And I've used visual visualization techniques. Now, is this something that you're like still practicing today? Honestly, I don't do it as much as I probably should. I was just, you know, when talking about this, I'm like, hmm, I'd probably be more diligent and habitual and bring that back. Um, but I think, you know, every with within everything, I talk to so many people who experience that. So maybe this, I'm, I'm sure this is all coming through for a reason for whoever li- is listening to this right now. But, you know, in the early days of my business, when I was just, you know, trying to make that first six figures, I was doing all the manifestation techniques and tools and, and the ha- waking up early and reading the 15 pages of personal development and doing all these things that experts told me I had to do. And 
those things worked for I'm sure a number of reasons, but also on a belief level, I believed that that was what I needed to do in order for it to work. And so I wonder if, you know, I mean, now I don't necessarily have that diligent of a structured schedule, but I also have embodied a lot of the beliefs and a lot of the things that I know I'm working towards and I have different ways of approaching them and like that process and those habits have evolved for me over the years. So yeah, I don't know if it looks one way anymore, but definitely good stuff to anchor back into. And if I am doing like a, a, a big launch or something like that, I definitely will prime that vision. I think it's uh, it's one of those things in our habits. We have certain habits that we need at certain points of our life because I was very diligent as well in the last like three years and then maybe, or, you know, three, four years. And then the last like year, two years, I'm much more, they're different because yeah. you're just at a different stage. There's certain things like I love having a gratitude journal, but it doesn't do the same as it did for me before because I kind of got the results from it already, you know? So like, depending on which stage you're at, you kind of have different habits and routines and it's okay that your habits may change at different points in your life. You know, if you, if things change, you got to like a family, obviously like things need to change, you know, you're going to have those, those, those things that are different. I'm curious because everything that you've mentioned before are similar things that, you know, I've talked about, um, you know, things that I've done, but I'm curious in like kind of what your habits are now, since you're not as focused on some of those other things. Yeah. So it's so interesting because I don't even know if I really think of them as habits in the way that like most personal development books will position it, <laughs> if that makes sense. Like, I think what's really shifted for me is especially in, in, I used to be very heavy in the masculine energy of hustle and go, go, go. And I used to burn myself out, but I was also very particular about, I have to check these boxes. I have to do go alive and I have to read this book and I have to do these things in order to have success. And I kind of burned that all down for myself and said, okay, what if I actually could just be successful just by being me, just by showing up, just by being in not even in a high vibrational energy, what if I could attract and manifest clients and money just by existing and not even by having to be in a high vibrational energy? Like, well, it's possible if we just, you know, there's some really great mantras like I attract money when I'm in a high vibe. I'm like, yeah, but what if you don't have to be? What if you could just be? And so to go back to your question, like the, the habits that I have now are more, I, I feel like in the last couple of years, I've really brought in a lot more feminine energy into my business and into how I show up for myself, where it's less structured and more, okay, the feminine part of me, what does she want to eat today? What does she want to listen to? Do I want to sing today and open up my throat chakra? Do I want to dance? Do I need to move my body? Like, and by need, like, is my body craving that? Um, do I feel creative today? Over this last year, um, I had a lot of physical pain coming up and it had to do with like heel lift and I couldn't get to the chiropractor because we were in quarantine and all this stuff. And so I was getting these really terrible migraines. And so I really had to like full surrender to listening to my body because I would feel it at the base of my neck as the migraine would start to come. And it was like, if I spend even five more minutes looking at a screen, I'm going to be like out for two days. So I need to like stop being an idiot, and like pay attention to the screaming that my body is doing at me. And, um, 
I think throughout like this last year being in quarantine and having that come up, really tapping into more of the feminine of like, okay, what does my body need right now? What am I, what is it trying to tell me? What is it trying to communicate to me? I've really given myself so much more space and so much more grace to allow my schedule to have more flow to it. Like if I have a podcast on the schedule that I'm going to record and that day I wake up and I don't feel creative, then I just change the day that I'm going to do it. (laughs) I just give myself the freedom to let it be whatever it needs to be. So like, while there are certain things that I might do, like drinking water or like stretching that, you know, there are things that I, that that everybody might have that they do every day, like brushing your teeth. There's also things that I think a lot of business people are like, you have to do these things. And while they work for some people, they don't necessarily have to be yours. Love it. Yeah. We are our own unique person and certain things are going to work for different people based on you being willing to, you know, try different things. One thing I'm curious to kind of elaborate on that I'm not as familiar with, and I I would be curious to learn a little bit more is like you mentioned masculine energy and feminine energy and kind of, I'm just curious, you know, what the differences are in your opinion in, in those regards. Yeah. Good question. So with masculine and feminine energy, just to clarify, it doesn't mean like it it is nothing to do with gender. It really has to do with the masculine energy is more of the like goal setting, forward movement energy, accomplishment, structure, linear. Um, And then the feminine is more about flow, um, creating space. um, Being in that receiving energy is like a big thing. And, And maybe to even relate this, like, okay, masculine leadership or feminine leadership, like what are the differences there? I would say like masculine leadership is, um, I think a lot of men are in the masculine energy in their leadership, but also a lot of women in the entrepreneur space are in a masculine energy and leadership, which is interesting to see. Um, But yeah, just like the feminine is like being in that flow, being in that receiving mode. so I hope that clarifies it a little bit. I mean, there's so much to like unpack within that. Yeah, no, I think I understand a little bit more because I think in general, if you think about, um, you know, not to generalize, but men tend to be more on the like numbers, analytical, logical versus men or the females, emotional things of that um, sort, and that kind of comparison. And I think it's important that we have a balance of both, whether that you're male or female, to be able to to tap into that. Um, which I think is super cool when you're talking about from the podcast standpoint of being able to pick the times that you want to do something and, and understanding to have that flexibility. I mean, one thing I talk about when it comes to like recording videos, I do a lot of batching and it's like, I, I tell my people to record on a Saturday because like when you wake up, you're going to be more energized. You're going to feel good. You sleep in, you have a good breakfast and then you just do the videos and then you're done. So it's like kind of a matter of know yourself and be able to, to make it happen. I actually had another example. Um, I don't know if you know, Adam Cadeau, um, we had him on a few weeks ago and, um, when we were scheduling the recording, he ended up canceling. He's like, I'm not really feeling good about scheduling today. So we're just gonna have to reschedule because he did that. I then was able to then go out with my dad who was only here for a short amount of time. And I would not have been able to do that had he not 
canceled. So it was like one of those weird things that he's like, I'm not feeling it. It doesn't work out. And then it works out, you know, full circle in, in the universe, which I find just super interesting that those <laughs> things can happen. Yeah, no, it's just like that full surrender to creative flow. I was having a good conversation with some people um, in my mastermind about this, where a lot of them were comparing themselves to each other. Cause there's some people when they're in their highest creative energy, they just like to go, go, go every single day. They want to create something new. They're constantly overflowing with ideas. And if you look at personality types or human design, there tends to be some overlap with those types of creators. And we see a lot of entrepreneurs who are similar to that. My creative style is very, very different. Like on the Myers-Briggs, I'm an ISFJ. I am more methodical about things, more structured. And it's like, I used to, similar to the conversation that was happening within my mastermind, like a lot of them were like, oh, I wish I could be like you because I like the, like, I wish I could have as many ideas as you. And then that person was like, well, I wish that I could focus my ideas the way that you focus your ideas. And like, everyone was like, oh, wow, the grass isn't always greener. We all have our own unique strengths. And I think the more that we can acknowledge our own creative styles and tap into you know, how we feel lit up, like when we want to get on video, like you said, you like doing it in the morning. I'm like, for me, I hit my stride, my creative flow between like 12 and three o'clock. That's when I'm like in my prime zone of like ideas, alertness, and I'm like ready to go. And if I had to get up and do it something early in the morning, I could do it, but it probably wouldn't be my best work. So it's like, you know, just like giving, like, and I know so many people in the personal development space are like, oh, you know, you should, you know, wake up at five o'clock in the morning and drink bone broth. And I'm like, I'm sure if I got in a habit of that, I'd it would probably be good for me. <laughs> but at the same time, like, it doesn't have to be that. Yeah. And yeah, being able to know what's going to work is just so huge. Cause in my mind, you know, even you saying that like 12 to three, I'm like, well, no way. Like, cause for me, that's just like, not when I'm my most creative. So even just the fact that it's different from mine is like hard to believe, which is just kind of a funny concept in itself that, you know, we don't realize there's like, there's just so many different things and different ways of how we flow. Now I'm curious. Cause one of the things you mentioned was the, the Myers-Briggs how important do you feel like knowing these personality types? Is it for you to benefit your, you in your life and in your business? That's a good question. I mean, I think for me, it's been really, really helpful in, in that. So I've been told like the ISFJ personality type is really more of like leans into being like an integrator, being more of like the behind the scenes person in a business. And so for me to be a personal brand and a visionary while also having that natural skill set, I've had to sort of find a different way to grow my business in a way that feels aligned for me because many of my mentors, I've not had a single mentor that has that, that same personality type. It's actually kind of rare supposedly for entrepreneurs to have that because we tend to be a little bit more methodical, a little bit more cautious, more like detail oriented. And so, um, it's been interesting. I tried to fight it for a really long time and be like, no, 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 that's not me. I can totally be the person that's on video 365 days and I can be on, on Instagram stories and I can talk to people and I just would burn myself out because it just isn't what feels good to me. And so really being like, okay, what if we did an evergreen funnel? What if we created more behind the scenes systems, the things that play to my strengths and actually allow me to feel safe and supported in the expansion 
of scaling this business. And so, um, yeah, doing like the launch free for all and like free fall and just like, just having it be a free for all where it's like, oh my God, we got to create this. We got to do that. Like, that's not an energy that I enjoy being in. I like to have things organized. I'd like to have things planned. I like to have things structured. So I think for every entrepreneur, just really being able to know your strengths and play to your strengths is really important. And then when it comes to team building, knowing different aspects of different personality things is to me really essential because you, you really get to you, because when it comes to building a team, you don't want to just build any team. You want to build the team that's customized to support you and your business and your vision. So I don't know if I'm not super like versed in human design, but um, there's the most rare type of person in human design is called a reflector. And this person has all open centers. And basically what that means is like their head, their throat, every part of them is open, which means they reflect back what other people give to them. And so I had for a very long time, somebody in the integrator role and I, and this person didn't really push the vision forward. I'm a projector. So I need somebody else with energy because I feed off and, and use that energy. And this person would, I, I, after I found out this person was a reflector, it made so much sense why we weren't getting things moving forward. And I started to notice how not only was he a reflector, but he would literally repeat everything I would say and legitimately reflect. So we, we would do a coaching call or something and we'd get off the call and be like, wow, that call was really amazing. I loved how this person and that person showed up. And he'd be like, yeah, they showed up. I loved how they showed up. That was such a great call. And then I was, it just became a game for me. Cause I was like, no, he's just messing with me right now. And then I'd be like, yeah, but that one person, like, wow, they were like really quiet. So he'd be like, yeah, they were quiet. Like, I hope they're okay. Like, I wonder, I was like, damn, are you just going to repeat everything that I'm saying? But this person was, oh, like, perfect example of a reflector. So if I was having a down day, he couldn't hold space and bring me out of that because he would just reflect and mirror back to me that energy. So while it was helpful for me to get to see how I was showing up for him, it wasn't actually moving the energy out. So like these little tiny things, I was like, okay, he would probably be better in the role of like community management to be able to reflect back as long as the community was a positive community he could absolutely go in there and help to amplify the energy in that space like he's a really good cheerleader but is not somebody that's going to get in the trenches because if we get one bad customer support email or like something negative he goes in a downward spiral because he's reflecting and, and because he's an every center is open he's feeling all of those emotions and can't get away from reflecting that back that is wild. And it makes a lot of sense. You know, we need to find somebody that is going to be compatible. You know, it's the same thing. It's like, if we have someone that's exactly like us, then you're not necessarily going to maximize what you could create. You know, having that diversity is going to create new ideas. Somebody that may question, you know, what's, what's this? Why like, could we do it this way? And being able to reflect on that. Oh, well that, that actually is a great idea. Like, yeah. awesome let's, let's try that. <laughs> like, it's amazing what can happen when you surround yourself with the right people. And it doesn't always have to be someone that you're hiring either, but just being around other people that think differently. You mentioned you have a mastermind, which I'm sure is awesome. I know some people that are in it and love it. Some people that just signed up also that, that love it already, um, that are excited about it. So that's really cool. I love that you have that and that ability to collaborate on the a higher level of thinking is where it comes out in the mastermind for, 
for allowing other people to be able to see where we can, can do better. Is that something that you've had through your process as you know, being able to have these people that are there to challenge you and help support you through your, your journey? Yeah. I mean, having support, I think is everything in the early days, the first couple of years of my business where it wasn't really like a legit business. It was more like a side hobby. I had almost no support and no community. And I was so freaking lonely. And anytime, you know, in those early years where I tried to find somebody to be accountability buddy, it just, I was outworking a lot of the people that I was surrounded by. And I know a lot of people in, in my circles now who have expressed a similar sentiment that they're like, no, 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 I'm freaking running. I have a clear vision. Like I want to make this happen. And I want to be around people that can match my excitement and my energy and my vision and, you know, be there to cheer me on, be there to call me out when I'm playing small. Like I didn't have that in the beginning. Um, and then, and then uh, in 2015, I was actually able to connect with, it's just such a synchronistic thing. Uh, my friend, Lauren Liz Love, we reconnected over Instagram. A friend had shared some pictures. She had done photos for her. And I was like, oh, I know this girl. And she's one of my best friends in the whole world. We ended up being on weekly mastermind calls and you know, we're really there for each other during 2015 where we're sitting there going, oh my gosh, why, why is this integration not working? Can you help me with MailChimp? Okay, help me set up this Bluehost. We're like in the DNS records doing all this like stuff that we totally should have outsourced, but we didn't even know outsourcing or virtual assistants were like a thing at that point. And the craziest thing is I met her on a New York City subway in 2007 when we were both on our ways to a college audition. We were wow. on a New York City subway and my mom, who is an uninhibited extrovert and talks to everybody, but I'm like, mom, you can't talk to people on the subway. Don't you know how to be a New Yorker? And my mom's like, hi, hello, how are you? Hey, are you guys also going to the audition? And I'm like, mom, you're so embarrassing. And they were like, oh yeah, we are. <laughs> and it just turned out that her last name was Choppy, mine's Casey. So we were literally seated next to each other the entire day, watched each other audition. And then like, didn't really talk much after that. It was just like, oh, did you get in? Are you going to go there? Blah, blah, blah. Um, and, and then literally reconnected years later, hadn't spoken. And then like, she's one of my best friends. So we always like laugh about that because people see us in the online space and are like, oh, you, you know, I want to be part of your group or like whatever. They like want to be a part of a community. I'm like, you're going to attract your people. Like we, my whole like girl group friends, like masterminds that I'm in, like we all met each other in the most random ways. And like the universe just kept bringing us together in the most bizarre synchronistic situations. <laughs> Yeah. And I feel it's so important to like pay attention to those weird things. It's like, Hey, someone's trying to tell you something here, you know, it, it's like, and I didn't, I definitely was not a big believer in like that kind of stuff. And we talked a lot about like energy and flow and, you know, for me, you know, it was just a totally different world, but, but once you start to see it happen for yourself and like more things start to align and weird things just like fall together to make this amazing thing. You're like, how did this, how did this happen? You know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. And it's so cool. And it's so important to have those people that are there that are going to help you. They're going to support you, you know, whether you're paying for it to be in a group or just having other people that are going to push you. And I love that you talked about, you know, when you were first getting started, trying to find accountability partners that, that weren't really staying with you and how important it is to kind of have those people that are 
working harder than you or doing things differently than you so that you can see, you know, to push yourself better. You know, what did they say? You know, don't be the smartest person in the room. And I guess that's the whole reason with like a mastermind. It's so cool. I assume you've been part of other masterminds before starting your own mastermind. Oh, yes. I have been in a mastermind for three years. And I remember the first day walking in and I was so nervous to be in that room because there were some really just amazing people in that space who I'd been listening to their podcast for five, six years. And I'm like, oh my God, how did I who did I trick? Who did I fool to get a spot in this room? This is insane. And I remember being in my hotel and I was, you know, already feeling nervous. So I was like, okay, well, at least my makeup has to be perfect. At least my hair has to be perfect, you know, to give myself some semblance of control and and confidence. And I remember I was like the last person to get there. I walk in the room and there's only one seat left at the back corner table with like the biggest names in the whole group. And I'm sweating bullets going, you've got to be effing kidding me right now. Please, dear God, let there be another chair at any other table. Why are you doing this to me? And I'm circling the room. People are talking and I'm like, oh my God, this is the only seat left. And I was like shaking like a little leaf, but it ended up that I sat at that table all three days that first or two days, whatever it was that first mastermind. And like, made some of my closest friends from that space. Tiffany Levi Master was at that table and <laughs> she's one of my really good friends today. And it's just so funny to look back on, like she was somebody that I looked up to and was like, oh my God, I can't believe she's at this table. And now we would collaborate all the time. And it's just like, you know, just being able to give yourself that grace and like step into like, yeah, you can be the dumbest person in the room. You can be, or you're perceived being the dumbest person in the room. I was not the only person that felt that way. Um, and just, yeah. Uh, anytime I've put myself in those situations, I've had the most exponential growth. I remember booking a gig as a theater performer at um, the Shakespeare Theater of New Jersey. And I was still really, really new to working with Shakespeare texts. And I was like, how the heck did I manage to pull this off? It was kind of like they needed a last minute replacement, probably wouldn't have been cast <laughs> if it wasn't for the fact that like I fit what they needed to like complete this ensemble group. And I was in full-blown survival mode, like panic when they called and they were like, you're in. I was like, yay. Oh crap. What have I done? And then was freaking out, spiraling out of control. This was years ago. And and then I was like, fine. Okay. I'm just, I'm going to be the tree. I'm going to be the tree in the background. And like, I just, I'm going to figure it out. And by the end of that summer, I mean, I remember one of the guys came up to me and he was like, you've had the most exponential growth. And while that was a compliment for me, that was also a compliment to every single person in that ensemble because they were showing me what was possible. They helped me raise the bar. They were modeling such beautiful acting with these, these texts. And so they really helped me to expand and level up. So it was a collective, it was a collective growth experience. I love that. And it's one of those things, you know, you're kind of just throwing yourself into the group. And the thing is too, we get so caught up in our own self, like thinking about ourselves. but it's not like the other people in the group are like, man, can you believe this person's here? You know, <laughs> it's like, if you were them, would you be thinking that it's like, no, you're like, Hey, what's up? How can I help you? How can I support you? You know, it's like, we don't even, we have these different ideas of like what other people are thinking that are so inaccurate <laughs> most of the time. Yeah. Yes. And I think too, one of the biggest lessons from being in a a mastermind and then having my own like 
running my own mastermind and then having a peer mastermind that I have with a couple of friends. That's not really business related. It's more like spiritual, um, sisterhood related, but in all those containers, like I, I, I think the biggest gift of that is just seeing how everyone else perceives each other. And it's like, oh, well you haven't figured out, like you're really successful, but like the rest of the group is looking at that person going, wow, like their content, the way they show up on Instagram is amazing. Wow. I wish I had their podcasting voice or, you know, like whatever it is, like, it's just so interesting when that kind of veil was lifted for me, that opened up so much. Like I truly had a completely different perspective on like people get stuck in the comparisonitis and I'm like, I don't need to compare myself to anybody. Like, I don't feel bad about it. Cause I'm like, you don't know half of it. Like you're seeing one tenth of their life experience through Instagram. Like you are not seeing the behind the scenes. You are not seeing all the sweat and tears that went into the actual creation of that thing. And I think being in a mastermind and getting to like have that cone of silence and hearing those very intimate details of someone's emotional experience as they're moving through the creation. That was such a gift for me to, to, be like, oh, okay, cool. You're normal. <laughs> you're not, you're not the only one. Yeah. Yeah. It's so easy to look at what other people are doing online and be like, oh my gosh, they have the perfect life. Look at all these things that they do. Their business is amazing. They don't have any problems. Like, well, yeah, because people aren't shouting at the rooftops, like I'm really messed up in the head right now. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> Just like not something that we talk about, you know, like a lot of times I feel like the struggle that we've had we're only going to talk about that once we've gotten through that process, but like, as it's happening, you know, and there's only certain times that you're going to really share, you know, I always tell you, know, you should open up about certain struggles that you're having because then it makes it more relatable, but it's one of those things, like you mentioned in the mastermind, somebody may look like they have it all together, you know, and their business is amazing, but they're working like 80 hours a week and they never see their family or do anything free in their fun time. And, you know, so it's right, just when they're, you know, celebrating, oh, I hit a million dollars, but they're $120 every month in the red or $120,000 in the red. You know what I mean? So it's like, just because somebody is, and that's not to take away success from anyone. Like that's still an amazing achievement. And there it's not one, there's not one version of success or there's not one lens to look through. Yeah. And it's so easy to like, look at people judge them based on what you think they have. But like you said, you, you don't know their numbers. You know, you don't know what's actually going on. We love to be like, oh, well, look at their followers and, you know, get caught up in that. But I love that you mentioned again, you know, not comparing ourselves to other people, because again, we're, we're all on our own journey. We're, we're figuring out what's going on. You know, how can we move forward? How can we progress and just focus on yourself is a lot easier. As soon as you start thinking about it, it's like, you know, in swimming or like racing, if you're looking at somebody else, you're going to trip and fall and, you know, not be able to get where you're going. If you're paying attention to what other people are doing. Yeah. A hundred percent. Love it. Awesome. I, I want to shift gears a little bit because, you know, you mentioned that you focus and help businesses from a brain training standpoint, and I am super eager to learn more about what that means. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So I love the coaching world. I know you are, you know, doing a lot of that as well. So you probably have a lot of, of similar background, but one of the things that I love to coach from, or one of the, the areas, the backgrounds is neurolinguistic programming and also hypnosis. And, and that is for me, like a really beautiful structured foundation 
um, that I love to work from. Um, I also love incorporating breath work into my teachings and trainings and really being able to look at how the brain and body are connected because there's so many business owners that are not achieving the things they want to achieve because they don't realize that they that they, their body is essentially in a trauma response. So their body's in fight or flight and that's preventing them from making decisions. It's causing them a lot of, um, you know, you look at their habits, they're burning out, they're, they're going hustle, hustle, hustle. So we start to see, like, I, I know a lot of business coaches or, you know, I used to be more of a business strategist and I would only focus on, <clears throat> would only focus on the strategic aspects of what, a, what business growth would look like. And I remember this is like 2016, I had a business coaching program with over hundred people and a couple of rounds of people had been in it. And I started to look at the data and I'm going, wait a minute, why is there such a vast spread of results? Not only in my program, but also other programs that I had been participating in. And I started to notice an interesting trend emerge where you had the rock star people who were crushing it, who were constantly showing up, who were getting results, who could just seem to be unemotional about their decisions. They just followed the strategy, followed the steps and got it done. Then there was like the underdog people who you could see how much brilliance they had. You could see their potential, but they kept getting in their own way. Like they would do something and then they'd backpedal and then they do something and then they backpedal or, or just overthink things. And it was like, dude, just put it out. Like just launch the program. And then there was like the cheerleaders who loved showing up in the group to comment and post. They were like the free community managers, but they tended to not show up for themselves the way they showed up for everybody else. Then you had the complainers, which occasionally would pop in. And I'm not talking about people who show up in safe containers to be like, Hey, I have this problem. I don't know what to do. It's like the complainers were the people who would only come in to complain and were not solution oriented. They just wanted to come into you vent and basically feel significant, get that like you're, you can do it. And I was like, no, no, no. And then there's like the people who are the lurkers who kind of follow along the program. They're in the group, but they never ask a question. They don't participate. And then I was like, and then there's the ghosts, the people who buy the program and never show up for it. So I kind of through, you know, working with hundreds of people and seeing, you know, thousands of people in various containers that I've invested in myself. I'm like, Why? Why is this happening? Why are these people all having the same opportunity with the program, having the same access to coaching, but getting such different results? And so this is like 2017 where I was like, okay, I need to rework my entire approach to coaching. Started learning about NLP and some of these other things. And I was like, okay, that's what's missing. Why are we not incorporating more of this belief-based um why, why are we not using these belief-based conversations to actually move people through this? Why are we focusing so much on the strategy? And so that was really where I started to dive so much deeper into really better understanding how to, and I first and foremost was like applying it to like the, the program that I had. Cause I was like, how can I incorporate more of like in the actual recordings, in the actual videos, how can I address some of the biggest misconceptions, myths and beliefs that I know are coming because I've taught this stuff so many times, how can I weave that into the program so that it can address those beliefs before they even come up? So that people are like, damn, you're in my head. How did you know I was thinking that? And so like, I kind of went on this crazy journey where I rebuilt my whole program in eight months, but I was like, I need to incorporate this brain-based aspect to the actual training because they're like, I see the same people getting stuck in the same spots, having the same limiting 
experiences, limiting beliefs, areas of resistance. So long story longer. And like, that's really how I kind of got into really wanting to incorporate more of that. Yeah, no, I love that. And, you know, very familiar, you know, NLP, um, and how you can utilize that. And I've actually been shifting that in my own business as well and incorporating that because people are coming to me and they're like, yeah, you know, I, I just want to like learn how to do video marketing and social media and like digital marketing stuff. And it's like, all right, great. But like, there's some other things that are going on, you know, like how can we address what's, what's preventing you from being able to do these things? Cause I can give you a list of things to do, but then if you don't get them done, then like there's something else here that's missing. There's an underlying root and being able to really break through and, and figure out. And, and I love that you're able to do it from a, a standpoint of addressing it up front. Cause a lot of times that can, you know, seem more difficult. It's like, all right, well, I need to talk to somebody first. So for you to be able to address those things up front and be in people's head before they're even doing it, then they can't even have the problems later down the line. It's like, you're solving a problem before it even happens, which is super cool. <laughs> Yeah, that's, I love being able to do that. And I mean, you know, with all the brain-based stuff for me, especially in like the mastermind level, we're kind of beyond the, the point of strategy. And so, I mean, 90% of the conversations that I have with them is, has, I don't want to say it has nothing to do with business, um, but it's all like belief related. Like, oh my gosh, I have to fire this person on my team. And I just, why can't I do this? Like, I don't know what to say. How do I do? Like, why do I, why am I so scared? So it's like addressing things like that. I had a client the other day, um, a couple of weeks ago who was like, Hey, I have been having anxiety about getting on highways. And I really want to understand like what the root cause of that is. Can we like hop on a call? And that was like one of the craziest calls ever. We somehow, like I was asking all these questions and taking her through all this stuff. And it ended up that it was she anchored a negative state to driving on highways because of a previous relationship where there was a lot of uncertainty and lack of control. And so she had literally anchored the beliefs and thoughts and emotions that she was having during that time period of her life to the physical, um, be like being in a car. And so she was like, holy crap, like we were able to release some really cool stuff, but all of that related back to, you know, her need, her, her, like, it helped her uncover beliefs that were still kind of hanging on there. Um, but also it allowed us to address some things about being out of control, about being in the driver's seat and a lot of things that were like very literal metaphors as well. That is fascinating. I have never heard anything like that. When you mentioned like highway, I'm like, okay, well maybe she, you know, was in a car accident or, you know, logically yeah, like <laughs> I wasn't in a car accident. So I have no idea where, like why I suddenly I'm nervous to drive on highways again. Yeah. And then even when you mentioned the relationship, I was like, oh, well, maybe they had a lot of bad conversations in the car on the highway. But no, that wasn't the case either. It was like this total separated thing that that is un <laughs> unreal. That is like so cool. But also understanding too, like, like people have these underrooting things, you know, and we all do. We all have our own limiting beliefs, but the only way to be able to address these limiting beliefs, um, you know, is really through somebody else being able to sh show them to us. You know, we have these blind spots and it's so hard for, you know, it takes practice to be able to notice our own limiting beliefs and really work on that. It's not something that just like happens overnight, but it's so, so important in how we address that. Is that something, do you have a practice that you do that helps with like, 
overcoming limiting beliefs or when something happens, you're like, wait a minute, is that true? Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I think, you know, when you start to learn these tools, you immediately begin applying it to your own stuff where you catch yourself in some weird pattern and you're like, wait a minute, when did I decide that? Like, that's one of those big questions within the field of NLP when somebody has some kind of belief, like, okay, when did you decide that? So even with the car example, it was like, okay, when did you first experience this like anxiety about driving? And so we were able to kind of like connect all the pieces. So I'm constantly asking myself that um, I'm always challenging myself and within any belief saying, okay, what is that actually doing for me? What is holding on to this belief? Like, what is the secondary gain, which is essentially a, a positive benefit to a seemingly bad or like negative thing. So, um, you know, somebody will not stop drinking and eating fried chicken. And it's like, they want to just, they really want to lose weight and get healthy, but they, uh, can't say no, quote unquote, can't say no to their friends on Friday nights and going out for happy hour. And so if we unpack that, it's like, okay, well, what's, what are they going to lose if they make the decision to lose weight? And it's like, oh, they're going to have to give up that connection, that love, that camaraderie. Um, they might feel like, oh, what if I lose my friends? I don't want to be there and not eat. Cause then they're going to be like, oh, why are you not eating? Oh, you're too good for us. Like the comments, all this stuff. So it's like ma making this different habits, adding new habits in can sometimes be a little bit more layered than just, I'm just going to change this thing, <laughs> right? Like there's, there can be so many more layers underneath of what's actually creating the resistance. Absolutely. And it's so interesting from the, you know, again, you mentioned the habit standpoint, because that is, there's a lot of times when we look at these under root causes, if you want to start something, you want to start a new habit or stop something. If you're just like, oh, I'm going to stop like, yeah, that's not really how it works. You know, like if it was that easy, probably would have done it already. You know, like most of the time there's some under root cause that's holding on this, these identities that we create. And if we can't release those, those past identities or uncover, like, I love the example you used of like going out with your friends, like, all right, well then maybe you make it. So you spend time with them on a Saturday morning or, you know, create, make sure you create time that doesn't involve you going out and drinking. You know, it's like, how can you substitute these things? Because now that you've understood that really the reason why you're struggling with your diet is actually because you just want to spend time with your friends, which, you know, from the outside perspective, look like they have no correlation, but now you're seeing everything is connected. Everything is integrated. And if we want to integrate it into, you know, our lives and our business, like everything's got to be flowing well in order to, you know, be that well-oiled machine that we're trying to create. So perfectly said. And I, I think, you know, as a coach, it's like, that's why we're able to, even if we're coaching on business or if we're coaching on relationships or whatever, like it's never just about that one thing. It's, it's really a more holistic approach to what else is actually happening. Cause if somebody's having a, a you know, difficult time with their significant other. And then they're wondering why their business isn't growing. Well, if there's, there's toxic energy or, or unresolved stuff there, like that's going to affect you as a person and leader and visionary and creative. So yeah, it's like, we need to be looking at all of these different areas of, of our lives to, you know, cause it's all connected. Love it. Amazing. So awesome. Um, this has been amazing. We went into some, some different areas here, you know, it's interesting hearing kind of your journey from psychology, you know, actually, 
you know, doing things that are psychology related, which is great. You mentioned, you know, doing a network marketing business, which I absolutely love. Feed your soul. Oh my gosh. Can everyone just take that? I want to make a post-it note of that. Um, it's probably going to be the name of the episode, um, but it's just, it's such something that that's going to stick, you know, that powerful of, of how we can feed our souls or whatever, whatever it may be, what's going to make us, you know, fulfill that need that we're searching for, whether it be to start a business, step into our own, you know, like do these things that, that, un, you know, are uncomfortable. I think there's so many things that we could have, you know, dove deep into like what that really means. And, and I think it's important that we all think about like, what's going to feed our soul. You know, what are the things that we need to do that's going to make that happen? And I love that you said too, um, it's already done. You're already there, you know? when we can start to see things that were already there, things become a lot easier and then they become lighter also. Hey, we're already there. This is great. All right. Well now this is easy. I've already done it, you know, and, and we just make our progress that way. Um, you know, we love to overcomplicate things and there's, there's, there are simplistic ways to think about things, to make things light, to make things easy so that we can, you know, go after our goals. You know, I love that you talked about, visualization and, and utilizing that and incorporating that because when you did speak on stage at BBD, it's like, you're ready. You're prepared for that version of yourself years prior, which I think is just so cool to be able, like even the, the comment you made about, you know, no, that wasn't confidence. That was, that was, you know, I was, I'm, now I'm blanking on what you, what was it? Certainty. Certainty. Like, I love that to be like, no, it wasn't confidence. It was certainty. Like what a definitive answer to be able to, to say that I think is, is empowering, you know, to have that level of certainty of something that you haven't done before, you know? And I think the more that we can step into that in our own selves and just have that certainty with everything that we do. I mean, imagine what you could do if you did everything with that same level of certainty, like, you know, this is going to work, you know, that you're going to get that, that standing ovation, you know, that these good things that, that you want are going to happen. And if you can step into that certainty, then you're going to show up to get the result that you want. (laughs) (laughs) Our brains are weird and wild in the way that they all, they all connect. It's fascinating. We talked about like the different personality types and how important that is and understanding when we're working with different people and how all of that correlates and making sure that we're working with the right people to get to the next level and surrounding ourselves with, with people that are going to push us and make ourselves better. And then tackling those limiting beliefs that we all have and how we can start to look at those limiting beliefs, catch them when they come up so that we can drive and be like, is this really true? How can we tackle it? How can we fix these things and change the processes of how we think things so that we can step into the best version of ourselves? So this was so awesome. So many, so many gems in this episode. Thank you so much. Wow. What a great recap. Thank you. This was so fun. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Awesome. Uh, Real quick. I love to ask this question um, before we conclude. Do you have any book um, that is just like, one of those books that you recommend, you think about often, and you refer all the time. The Power of Your Subconscious Mind. Joseph Murphy, such a good book. Um, yeah, that's that's my one of my favorites, for sure. Love it. The Power of the Subconscious Mind. 
we probably could have gotten them more. We'll save that for, for the next time you're on. Um, because I've actually been doing a lot of stuff in that regards with, um, um, psycho cybernetics. That's what I'm listening to right now, which kind of talks a little bit about that. And, um, dollars flow easy to me. That was one of the most recommended books. I was like, all right, well, I guess I gotta, I gotta check it out. Um, so awesome. I'm going to make a note of that because looking forward to diving deeper in there. And then lastly, what's the best place for somebody to get in touch with you, reach you, follow you? Yeah, you can find me literally on any social media platform at Hey Jen Casey. I hang out the most over on the Instagrams and uh, been jamming out on Clubhouse recently, which has been super fun. Um, and then my website, Hey Jen Casey, literally it's where I am everywhere. Love it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. This was amazing. Um, I appreciate your time. And listeners, thank you for being here. There's tons of gems. Take the action on the things that that we talked about. So much power in what we're what we're learning, what you learned today. Make it happen. And remember, let's keep growing together. Wait, wait. One more thing. I would first like to say thank you. Thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed this message, please take a moment to write a review. By writing a review, it helps people find this message and helps me help more people. And if you really, really liked it and you think this message could help someone else, take a screenshot, share it on Instagram, and please tag me at Nick J. Bonnie, N-I-C-K-J-B-O-N-I, so I can show my appreciation for you. We can all win by helping each other grow. Thank you. Take care, and I'll talk to you soon.